for joining us on Merit Matters, a virtual series highlighting current events, industry experts, and local community engagement. I am your host, Tammy Berkland, Principal of Merit Construction. And today I will be discussing our latest campaign, Build What Matters, with Andrew Brown of Brown Vineyards, who just opened a wonderful tasting room in the Proctor District of our community. I'm so excited to be here with you today. And I, I guess I would like to start more on your side, maybe you just share a little bit with me about what's your story, um, how you personally got started in, in the wine industry, and then how, what's your role within your family vineyard? Um, that's great. Um, uh, I grew up in Spokane, other side of the state, uh, and I went to the University of Washington. I'd actually spent a year, I, my freshman year, I went to University of Puget Sound. and. So after I graduated from UW, I followed uh, girlfriend at the time, ended up fiance, first wife. Uh, I'm on I'm on second marriage right now, but my first wife, I followed her to San Diego, and so I'm graduated. Uh, I'm I graduated young. I graduated at 20, and so I got a job selling cellular phones. And this is back when they had the big brick phones and everything, and and it you know it was right when cellular was just starting out. And I was just hustling, you know, making cold calls on companies and everything. And one day I um, made a call on a wine and spirits distributor. And I went in there and I did my features and benefits and all that stuff. And I got a call back the next day. I, I did sell them some phones and but I got a call back the next day and they said, hey, we really we really liked you and stuff. So would you would you mind coming in and interviewing for a job? And I'm like, great, but I'm not 21 yet. And they said, well, when are you 21? And I said, a couple of weeks. And they said, well, come in and interview and talk to us. And lo and behold, I got, I got, I got the job. So I didn't have a long, I, you know, you're turning 21. I didn't have this aspirational thing that I was going to be in uh, the wine business forever. I thought I would do it for a couple of years and then I would move on. I'd, I'd, either go back to law, I'd go to law school or I'd go get an MBA. I would do something more and then I would go find my career path. But just all the elements just kept combining to have me keep pursuing what I did. And, you know, now we now we look back 30 years later and and I stuck with it. And what were all those little things that made me get to where I was? I, you know, I, I think if, if you have enough success and you have enough um, the, the people that mentor you at different stages through your business career, there were enough positives and wins that I kept going down that path. And I didn't have any major stumbles or anything that that made me want to redirect or recorrect from that. And so it was one of those things where it just one thing led to the other. And I was able to get into a leadership role at a pretty young age. I got into management early and then I was able to develop more of my skill set that way. And um, it kind of it kind of went from there. Um, it's one of those. Uh, it just it fed upon itself. And, and once I got, um, you know, more than 20, I was I was in my late 20s when I when my partner gave me uh, the leadership role out at Columbia Winery in Woodenville. And so I got to be a boss at a really young age and challenge myself and, and see how I could how I could take those leadership skills and everything and, and develop people. And 
we did. We developed, we, we've developed cultures. Uh, everybody that's in the wine business makes wine. Everyone's going to do it their way and stuff. Where I think the success lies is, is once you've established what are your values, what are, your, what, are, what are the values that you believe in, and then focus 100% on people. A grape doesn't grow itself. A wine doesn't make itself. It's all about people and it's all about culture. And if, and if you can and if you can see that and build that, then you can do remarkable things. And we just do it in the wine business. But right. it's it's all about, you know, COVID should have knocked a lot of people on their rears in our business. And it did not at our company. We've 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 worked on strengths and we've we, we just keep pushing our people to to do the best they can. And, and it pays off. Yeah. Now you asked me, the other question you asked was about where I am in the, fa the family and stuff. The, the family, the Brown family was actually founded because my grandfather died and that it was, I I'd been in the wine business for quite a while. I felt like our grapes were at a mature level and everything that we could make a wine, but it was more an it was more of an homage and an honor to my grandfather uh, to to remember him in his passing that I was able to ask my dad, my aunt, my my grandmother if we could honor him and 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 make some cabernet that I felt was really good in barrel, and it started that like that tiny and it just and then it just took off. So I don't know if that gave you I don't know if that answered your oh, question yeah, about. It, it totally does. And that's, that's huge um, for us to understand how, how you guys got started and um, more so like, I loved what you were talking about with people. And I think that that is, that kind of goes across every industry. Um, if yeah. you invest in your people and how you're talking about like identifying your values, making sure that the people that you bring on share those values with you. I always say that, you know, you can, you can teach somebody anything except character. And I agree. I agree. So if you get the right people and, and you're all in alignment with that, I think you like, just like you said, you can do amazing things. Um, yeah. So tell me maybe a little bit about your grandfather and how he inspired you. Um, like what was the decision making? Like, how did you feel that it would honor him to make this the cab? Yeah. So let me let me go back a little and I and I'll just I'll try to do it quickly. But so William Bittner Brown, my grandfather, uh, grows up in Springfield, Ohio. He's 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 born before World War World War One. Um, he lives his first 19 years there. He 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 lives on a farm outside of town. It, Springfield's between Columbus and Dayton cornfields. It's all about it was just corn and. Um, very mid Midwestern values and everything. And my grandfather uh, goes to his local college, Wittenberg University, graduates with honors and gets accepted to Harvard Law School. And but instead of going to Harvard Law School in 1935, he gets on a boat and goes to the University of Bordeaux for a year. And, and to me, I think that just starts that that starts showing that the nuance of who he was and everything in his and, and what established in his mind. So he goes to Bordeaux for a year, travels the country, meets lifelong friends. Uh, and then he goes back to Boston, does his three years there, actually meets my grandmother. She was at Wellesley. Uh, she was an Ohio girl, different different towns. They fall in love. They get married. They move to New York City, where he works for a law firm for a couple of years. 
and then they decide that uh, they want to have kids, but they don't want to have raised their kids in New York City. So they moved back to Springfield and my dad's born and then my aunt's born 1940, uh, 42. Uh, but the war's coming and my grandfather gets recruited by the guy who ran the law firm in New York City, a guy named uh, Bill Donovan. So while Bill Donovan is is running um, what the what he was appointed by President Roosevelt to start the OSS, which is today's CIA. And so he recruits a bunch of the lawyers from from the firm. And my grandfather, not only is he a lawyer, but my grandfather is fluent in French. He spent a year over there. So all the stars aligned for him. And so he goes and trains in Northern Virginia at a place called The Farm. They still call it The Farm uh, within the CIA. And it's their training grounds. And then he gets stationed in London for the war years. Um, but he does... I mean, my grandfather is is Normandy D plus two. My grandfather tells stories about uh, the French farmers and, and the way they treated them under Nazi when they were even the worst moments of time. He, my grandfather, the stories of that farmer would have taken his shirt off his back for us. And there was always bread and cheese and wine and those kind of stories. Just I remember those. And that may be, have been one of the catalysts that made me still continue to move in the path of the wine industry, just remembering those stories. Mm -hmm. uh, my, gra my grandfather was at the liberation of Paris. Uh, he's got these great letters that he wrote my grandmother. Um, he was the OSS officer that uh, liberated the Buchenwald concentration camp. He ran the OSS uh, in Austria for a year. And then when the war was over um, and everyone went back, my the OSS was disbanded, but my grandfather uh, worked for the allied, allied, uh, forces in making sure that, uh, Nazis that were captured in Spain and Portugal were given due process after the war. So he, he led that for another year and then finally went home where he went back to his law practice in Springfield and, and worked there for another 60 years. But he, he but he was, a, he was a citizen of the world, but he was a leader of, of the, you know, the greatest generation. And, those things that he would talk to me as a kid and stuff, those values and everything of how you act in society and with your family and those things, those are the things that I was able to look back on. Actually, not via work, but when I was going through my divorce and I had two boys from that first marriage and I was like, what, what, what would I leave my kids what you know, not material, but if I could leave them something and it got me to writing down on paper what our values were as a business. And they really orchestrated through my upbringing with my grandfather and stuff. And we ended up I actually we have these these books that all of our people have. Um, our books are called Do Epic Shit and they're they're on my <laughs> business card, and everything. And you've seen them around the tasting room. Uh, but we have 12 precepts. Right there. There's simple things that that are uh, meaningful relationships, high payoff activities, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Have grit. Uh, own the turd is what we mean by tell the truth that there's no room for lies. Uh, be the best you want to be. Have fun. Customer nirvana. Things like that. Um, those really those are my words. But when we really boil them down to culturally, how do you act with your family, your friends, and your society and business? Those were Bittners. 
And those are the things that were instilled in me as a kid. He was also a big, he would send me letters, handwritten letters for my birthdays, for when I did a good job on something. That's another thing that really rings true for me is when, when you want to say thanks to somebody, it's, I, I'm not a big fan of emails or a, or a, a text. I'm, let's take a note card out and let's write a handwritten note to somebody uh, and say thank you or tell them good job, congratulations. So he, he, he was that foundation. I, I, I always like to use the thing that like the three little pigs. You can build your house of straw, you can build your house with sticks, or you can build your house of stone and, and, and brick and mortar. And my grandfather gave me that foundation of that brick and mortar um, as a kid. And I was just, I was given an advantage that I think most people weren't because I was able to, to grow and learn from him. So um, definitely in my life, he was my hero and never diminished. It just, his, my, my, ask, my, my, the way I viewed my grandfather um, never diminished. If anything, it just grew. That's so incredible to have somebody that meaningful in your life that helped be, you know, your like your compass, your guide, yeah. and all of the ways that you were going to carry yourself for the rest of your life. Um, and then I, I guess what we hope for, especially you, you hope now that you can be that for your boys, that you can share those those values and those um, deep rooted commitments to um the way that your grandfather was onto them yeah it, it, the family part i think is the family part you, you're going to do that and you want it you, most of us are going to focus family family comes because is that foundation it's that center point for most people what i think has been interesting in in my life is how far you can take that. It's the six degrees of separation. It can get to people that you meet in a tasting room that you that you never knew before. There, there's ways you can just work with people and treat people and make people feel good and you can lift them up. Um, to me, it's like the Oprah effect. You get on Oprah's show and she just, she instills this energy in you and this enthusiasm and she gives you more zest for life and she makes you feel more confident. Uh, I, I think we can all, I think we all have that ability and that capability of empowering other people, whether we've known them for years and, and they have your last name or they work with you or you just met them for the first time. You, that ability as human beings, we can do that. Well, that's a tremendous gift. And I, I think, I don't know if everybody has that in them, but the fact that you're walking around wanting to do that not only to people you love, but to people that you're growing through employment and then total strangers is is a gift. I mean, that's a gift that you have and that you're willing to share with them because I think, like you're saying, it makes the world a better place. If you can lift people up, um, why would you not choose that instead of making somebody's world harder? Especially now. I mean, oh, this, is, this yeah. is a moment. This is a moment to, to run towards the fire instead of run away from it. Yeah. Yeah. People need people right now, for sure. So right. we're, we're talking a little bit about your tasting room, but that some of the opportunities that you have to meet people and impact people. So tell me about the new room in Tacoma. Um, share, share with me just kind of the philosophy around it and um, what your hopes are for it. 
Yeah. In a lot of ways, it's just as you as as you learn over time and everything, a lot of the elements came together. I I think the first thing um, my wife, Courtney, and I made a decision that we we were living in Seattle. We'd met in Seattle. Uh, She was from the peninsula. I was from Spokane, you know, kids from not the Seattle area. And one of the things that we decided when we the these little guys and we wanted to give them an upbringing, we decided we didn't want to do it in 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 the Seattle um, where Seattle is right now and and where it's going to be for a little while. We wanted to uh, bring a little bit more of community. And that's the word that really stuck with us, Um, community. And we wanted to find joy in our life. We wanted to find joy on a on a continual basis. So um, we moved down to Gig Harbor and um, we 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 met the community of like Annie Wright in in Tacoma and our, our daughter's going to school there and our son's going to First Presbyterian just a couple of days a week. And but we love the community. And so the word community was really important to us. And and when we first got down here, we didn't have a strategy that we were going to have another tasting room. We had one in Seattle. We had one in Walla Walla. There wasn't that plan. But as we got to know more of the community, we then and, and close to Annie Wright was that Proctor district. And I think that really became a driving force that was really a, a, just a cool evolution for us and the way we were thinking and everything. And if we could find something in that Proctor district, you know, that would check a box for us in a really serious box and an important box. That happened. Uh, we ended up building the house on Fox Island. We had a great designer from Tacoma, Heidi, and she was helping us with our house. And then we were like, well, she could help us with the tasting room. And then we started talking about, you know, to me, it's just all those things. We could tell a story. We could tell my grandfather's story and our family story in not a big space. Um, And so we just kind of all those things kind of came together as you're kind of whiteboarding it. and You're putting it up on the board. If you could if you could do something and if you were going to build something, how could you build something that you felt like every time you walked in there? it lifted you up and it made you feel strong. I, I've always been, I love the Howard Schultz book on talking about Starbucks and how, you know, people, you know, that they, they go, they live at home and then they usually go to work. And then some people find church. Some people find other places that are kind of that third place. And that's what, that's kind of what that Starbucks thing was, was that, that third elemental place that you could go to and you could be part of community. And that's how we felt about this, the tasting room in Proctor. And every time I was in there this morning and every time I go in there, although it feels more a little bit more like a wine shop right now and stuff, and we don't have the chairs and tables all up because we can't pour wine with everybody. But when that place is functioning the way it's supposed to in a non-COVID moment, mm-hmm. it's such a feel-good place. The fire's going. People are in there. There's chatter. There's corks popping. How can you not love it? Yeah. I mean, it, and it, you know. The thing that I love is even to the little elements, like the bathrooms are cool. And I, I know that sounds so funny, but it's like we did the bathrooms right. We didn't just finish them off with some white paint on the walls and stuff. No, we if you're going to go into the bathroom, you're going to be like, this is a cool bathroom. This is like I like I like the bathroom. So yeah. to me, it's it's all those things when you could like say if you're going to do something and you want to do it right, how do you do it? And that that's been a, that experience has um i'll tell you it'll project me in business and everything for the and for as long as i'm in business it's a great example of 
don't cut corners, do it right. You know, measure, measure, you know, measure twice, cut once. Um, It just feels really good and and hire great people and, and educate them and give them your culture and that sense of, of who we are. And then I think you can, you know, the future looks good. Yeah. You can feel it. There's no doubt in the tasting room. You come in there, there's a warmth. Your, your personality is everywhere. Your family is everywhere. The stories of your family, um, and they're moving and it's, it's amazing. I, I loved the stories about your, the two wines for your grandmothers. Um, and I absolutely love the, um, there's a Chardonnay. Yep. And the, the Dottie Chardonnay is for, Mm -hmm. for Bittner's wife. And then I have I had two like real heroes in my life and and uh, the other grandmother my mom's mom uh, Betty Elizabeth Pierce but she for in our over the last twenty years she was Gigi because she was great grandmother my older boys and stuff and so in honor for her we did bubbles did a bubbles for her uh, but her and Dottie both grandmothers were they were they were big time in my life. Yeah. Well, you definitely made two amazing wines for them. I understood it took a little bit of extra time and that you would not stop until you had excellence and they are absolutely delicious. So great thing that, that, that in the past 20 years ago, 15 years ago, maybe even 10 years ago, I probably, we probably wouldn't have measured twice and cut once. We probably would have just been like, get something in the bottle. Right. And some of that gets some of that is where, just where you evolve to. Sometimes it's we got to pay the bills, we got to keep the the lights on. But as you evolve and stuff, and you can make maybe some decisions that they're not necessarily fiscally responsible for the business of the moment, but they're better for the long run of the business. You can make those decisions. So I'm I'm not here to stand on some pulpit and say, you know, when everything's worked out, you can make whatever decisions you want. You, you know. Business is hard, and sometimes you have to make decisions just to keep the business running and, and doing that. We've been fortunate enough that as we've built this, um, we can we can you know have a little bit more luxury of time and uh, being able to do things that not necessarily every business can can do. Well, you know your your tasting room is an experience. And so it's really important that you give that, like you're talking about business is hard. That's real. And so when I walk in there, I'm trying to escape that. I want to come in and be in a different environment and feel something completely different. And uh, you've you've done that. It's just a really comfortable, welcoming um, place. I I highly recommend that people check it out. And I know that it's going to be life changing when everything gets back to normal and I can get back in there on a more regular basis. Um, so I know that in talking with you today, you're talking a lot about, about relationships and investing in people. Um, you're talking about your, um, your desire to grow people and lift people up. Um, what would you say, um, we're, we're talking about our campaign right now is build what matters. And when we talk about that to us, that, that means maybe it's a great family, maybe it's a strong marriage, maybe it's um, a great work environment. Everybody has a different thing to them that 
means um, you know this is actually what matters. It's where you put your time and your talent and your treasure. And so I'm asking you, what would you say that you're doing um, now to build what matters? Well, the, the, the things you just said, I would say yes, yes, yes. And, and you probably could have picked three other things and I would have said yes, yes, yes. I, I don't think there's, I, I truly don't think there's one thing. Um, family, absolutely. Build what matters. Uh, take the time. Um, uh, you know, great experience for me. I'm, I have kids when I'm, when I'm pretty young and trying to build a career and everything and was more of a barker, more of somebody that was, you know, acted like a parent and an adult to a child, man, this, these young kids that I've got now, when they're, when they're struggling or they're fighting over a toy or something, get down to their level and get down on a knee and, and tell them to take a deep breath and let's think about this and let's, let's find something that works. And, and just that level of, um, I'm not a patient person, so I'm not, I'm not here to say that it's, it's an easy thing to do, but when you do it right, oh my God, it, it lifts everybody up. Instead of, instead of a, a kid having to go to a timeout because you escalated the situation, when you can bring all those elements together and have it be a win-win for the kids, have it be a win for you because you've parented properly, you know, <laughs> yeah. that, that, that to me is just an example, but it, whether, whether we talk about family or we talk about work or we talk about community, that same approach, it's just, it, I know it sounds so common sense, but it's the right approach and it's the right way to handle it. And, but all those things are, all those things are near and dear to my heart, um, that's why, again, we talked about the tasting room and like Proctor, that community, we're new to the community. It's important to us. We're new to the Annie Wright community. That's important to us. We're new to the community of Fox Island where we're living. That's important to us. We're, we're in the wine business. Important. I, I don't, I guess the thing I would say is that, or, or what I've learned just from a personal standpoint if it's not really important to you, you should probably decide, does that bring joy to me? And is that something that I want to long-term do? Or maybe that thing needs to get checked off. I mean, there's these new books that are out, you know, don't, you know, they have four letter words and stuff. Stop doing what you don't want to do. And, and all those things. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, you got to really take a hard look in the mirror and say, is this something that I want to do? Is it important to me? And am I going to, Am I going to put the time and the effort into it to 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 do it to the level that I'm going to that I'm going to be proud of myself when I look in the mirror? And if you do that, um, then I would then say jump in with both feet and and do it. And again, it's not always going to work out. You're going to stumble. But as Muhammad Ali always said, you got to get up. The only the only way that you become a failure versus a winner is if you choose not to get back up and if you have the grit to do that, then you can, you can, you can change people's lives. You can change your own life and you can, you can make the place a better place this world and this community. Absolutely. Um, so tell me what is your favorite brown wine? And why? <laughs> uh, that's a great question. <laughs> okay. 
what food are we what food are we having what time of year is it um is it brunch is it lunch is it dinner is it the end of the night i mean honestly i i think we've done a really cool job of kind of setting up a situation so well we're having friends over for a brunch well we're gonna open up gg sparkling i mean that we're gonna do that um end of the night uh you're you know, you just want one little sip of something else. Maybe you're a little bit buzzed up, you know, our port, you know, just a little bit of that port with maybe, maybe a couple nuts or something just to finish it. Didn't feel like a big dessert. I'm going to, I'm going to finish with the port. And then in between all those things, food groups, and I'm a big believer that, that food and wine go extremely well together. They lift the moment when you bring them both together. So depending on the food, whether you're in the meat class of lamb or something like that, or you're having a fish or you're doing a veg- vegetarian dish, or you're having an appetizer, I, I think you can get all over the place. Personally, for me, I, I really fell in love since we opened the tasting room uh, with White Arrow. It's, it's, it, it's, a, it's a roan white blend. And for, for being in the fall and everything, it had a little bit added uh, just the characteristics of it and stuff were really exciting to me for, for fall. Um, and then m- more as, with all this rain and everything, hardier reds, a big, big into the Cab Franc. Um, always love the Cabernets. I think Cabernet's king with what, who we are and where we'll go was the first wine that we made in honor of my grandfather. And we make a lot of them. We make a Red Mountain and we've got the whole Spy Master series and everything. So Cabernet is, I'm, I'm just a huge fan of it. So that, that will be a cornerstone to who we are moving forward. But we're really into, you know, I think Pinot Noir, summertime, beautiful salmon on the grill. Got to have Pinot Noir. So I didn't so really give you an answer on what no, is that specific. You love them all. I do. You know, I, like kids or, or friends. Yeah, you all, have a they all have a They all have a difference, you know. If I'm watching the Seahawks game, it's something different than, you know, <laughs> watching the Nutcracker. Yeah, no, I totally get it. And I I would agree. I've been in there a couple different times and had different flights. And I don't know how you would choose either. I I usually end up going home with uh, too many bottles because they're <laughs> all delicious. So I love that. So, oh, that so um, wrapping this thing up, I, I just want to want to ask you, Right now, how can we support you you and your um, the winery? Like, how can we get to you? How can, um, obviously we can come in, because I know things are just a little bit different right now with, with COVID. Um, so where can we find you and how can we support you? Well, I mean, first of all, you can, I mean, you can find us in Proctor. So we, we, we have a physical place. If you, if you're a regular grocery shopper at most grocery stores and stuff, you can, you'll see Brown on the shelf. You'll, you'll find that there's, we kind of have two different things. We have wines that we make specifically for the tasting rooms, which we have a lot of unique wines. I'd say we're almost, we probably have 20 wines that you can't find at regular grocery or if you're in a restaurant by the glass. We have kind of a core lineup that we have that, you, that you'll find in those places. we got a great website that tells a lot of our stories and stuff, Brown Family Vineyards. Um, I, I'm always, I'm of the person, I, I like the personal touch. I like the people. So, yeah, you can go to the website and everything and, and you can do that. But, you know, it's easy. Call Brown Family. 
uh, reach out to me. Uh, 206-714-7177 is my mobile. And, uh, you know, I, I, I could show you it, but I'm talking to you on it. Uh, seriously, it's uh, we just ran some in, in some wine publications. We ran um, an advertisement in, in it and I put my phone number in there. I'm like, text me, call me if you have a question about if you have a question about the wine and everything. That's that's who we are. We we want to if you're not personal in the wine business, there's just too many wines out there. You can. Yeah. You're just going to you're going to blow away, you know, dust in the wind. So we have to be engaged with with people that that like wine and are passionate about it because we want them to become part of our community and be part of how where we're going to go into the future. We've I was on a uh, call a couple of weeks ago with with a number of people from the wine club and the conversation was, you know, what what cool things do you think you're going to do? I think we're actually going to start doing blending at the different tasting rooms where we'll have our winemaker, John Freeman, you know, send a bunch of wine in there and we're going to blend out special little wines. Wine members are going to be able to come in, do the blend. We're going to send back the results to John and we're going to go bottle a hundred cases of that wine and only sell it in that tasting room. I mean, to me, that's where we've got to go in this and get more personal and get people engaged. So they get that sense and, and, you know, that's what wine's all about. We, we grow something, you know, in our garden and then we share we share the spoils at the end. Yeah, absolutely. I just I just can't recommend enough for people to come in and, and feel who you are through the tasting room. And I think the experience that you've created there, as well as Kirsten, she does an amazing job representing you. Um, I think people will really enjoy it um, and it's such a great location. So I, I hope that people listen to this and hear and know what an experience it is. And I can't wait to get back in there after COVID. Well, well Tammy, here's to you. Thanks. Cheers. Thank Absolute you for, thanks for, uh, thanks for the time. And, and your questions were, they made me think. And uh, they were of the moment, really spot on. At, at the end of all of this, it's about our interaction as human beings together. And hopefully, you know, one plus one equals more than two. And I think if we go with that kind of attitude, uh, it's going to we're going to live in a better place. Absolutely. It was such a pleasure to meet you and speak with you. Thank you. Thank you.